Hi, everybody, and thanks for checking out this extra podcast from New Mexico in Focus. I wanted to share an extended version of an interview that we had on the show Friday night, my conversation with Albuquerque Journal sports writer Jeff Grammer. Jeff covers UNM basketball for the Journal and, as you'll hear in just a minute, got the opportunity to go to the Final Four in Houston this year to watch the San Diego State Aztecs from the Mountain West Conference compete for the national championship. If you don't follow college sports, UNM is also a Mountain West team. The Aztecs became the first team in conference history to make it that far, and were just the second since 2016 to make it out of the first round at all. You might be saying, good for them, but with the win comes national exposure, and some extra money for the conference, too. As they say, a rising tide lifts all boats, and as Mr. Grammer explains, UNM stands to benefit. Jeff Grammer, thanks for coming in. Great to see you. Absolutely. Sports writer at the Albuquerque Journal, specifically UNM basketball, for more than 10 years now. Um, you were just named the 2023 Jim O'Connell Award winner. Yeah. Congratulations on that by the Basketball Writers Association. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, now, you got to cover the Final Four this year. It's yeah. where you received the award. Um, had you been in the building for a Final Four or a, a tournament game before? Yeah, this was the second Final Four I've been in. Um, I've been to some NCAA tournaments covering both the UNM Lobos and the New Mexico State Aggies through the years, but always first weekend stuff, um, which is the most exciting weekend if you ask me, but it's not the same beast as maybe even a Sweet 16 round, which is the second week of the tournament, and it's nothing compared to the Final Four. I was at one other Final Four uh, in, in Glendale, Arizona in 2017, and um, that happened to be the weekend. While I went to cover the Final Four games, that happened to be the weekend they fired, uh, UNM fired Craig Neal at midnight on March 31st, so his contract term didn't start on April 1st for a new year. They fired him at midnight. I ended up spending the whole weekend doing a coaching search story. And uh, so my one previous Final Four uh, didn't have a whole lot of uh, actual game coverage or player features. So I was happy this time to actually get to watch some of the games and, yeah. uh, and cover some of the stories. Yeah, what was it like in Houston? How did they do it? It was, um, so Houston was a unique setup where, um, first of all, the NRG Stadium is where they had the game. They, by now, most people understand they don't have basketball uh, Final Fours and national championship games in basketball arenas anymore. They have them in football stadiums so they can fit more people. National championship game, I believe, had 72,000 plus, um, 72,000 in the arena. Um, it is where the Houston Texans play. But as such, they have to put the stage down on the football field and they elevate it so people can see. Because if you, if you think of the pit, for instance, just kind of comes down to the court, right? And everybody can see because they're all looking down. Well, a football stadium is so far wide much wider, you know, the seats come down, but then you have all this ground to cover till there's a court. So they elevate it like a stage, like you're at a concert so people on ground level can see. It is a, it's a unique setup and it has to be with that many people there and that much media covering it. But um, it also kind of messes with the players a little bit and how they shoot and their sight lines. While you think they're just looking at a basket, the background is hundreds and hundreds of feet away, whereas they're used to playing in a basketball arena and um, that has just, you know, maybe 30 or 40 feet away, there's gonna be fans already. So they, uh, it, it does mess with some players sometimes and it's just a whole different setup, but it all adds to the, the special uniqueness of what the Final Four is. Of course. Uh, now, obviously San Diego State was the star of the tournament this past year for the Mountain West also, yeah. uh, but let's talk Lobos for a minute. Uh, after they started lengthy stretch of undefeated ball to start the year, everything was looking good, but obviously, they ended up losing in the first round of the NIT. Yep. Not the greatest finish. Um, because of San Diego State's run representing the Mountain West Conference, 
How does that impact the legitimacy of the conference and UNM by extension? Yeah, I mean, big time. The, the Mountain West overall, first of all, had a, a really good, solid, regular season this year. And UNM was a big part of that. They were the last team undefeated in Division I basketball. There's 363 Division I teams. The last team in the country without a loss was the UNM Lobos. Stuff like that sort of adds to the perception and, and uh, gets some attention. So UNM added to the Mountain West kind of building some legitimacy in the regular season this year. Um, they didn't finish as well as, as they'd like. They did get invited to the NIT. First postseason uh, appearance for the Lobos of any kind since 2014. So, so they helped out, but if the Mountain West got into the NCAA tournament, they got four teams in this year. San Diego State obviously made the run to the national championship game, but they got four teams in last year and all four teams lost. In fact, going into this year's tournament, the Mountain West had an 11 game losing streak in the, Mountain West, or in the NCAA tournament. They were starting to build a perception of they may be good in the regular season, but once they get into the NCAA tournament, they're not that good. And it was starting to really resonate with national media, fans around the country. And that's why I think San Diego State doing what they did this year in the NCAA tournament, not just getting there, but actually winning, getting to the Sweet 16 round was a big accomplishment for this league. They were the first Mountain West team ever to get to the Elite Eight. Then they were the first Mountain West team ever to get to the Final Four, hit a buzzer beater. Uh, Lamont Butler hit that buzzer beater in the Final Four. Is actually the same guy that hit a buzzer beater here in the pit earlier this year. And then they get to the National Championship game. That run for San Diego State helped legitimize, legitim kind of make what the Mountain West had been doing for about five or six years, really, where they were getting multiple teams of the tournament but not winning. It kind of erased some of the doubt um, with all that. I talked to a lot of national writers in Houston about that. And I know one of them, Jeff Goodman, uh, said they desperately needed this. I know Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated said, yeah, they, they needed to legitimize what they had been doing for so many years, and San Diego State did that this year. So how that helps UNM, maybe it helps a little in recruiting, maybe it helps with the TV contract for the whole league down the, down the road. Um, but ultimately, I think it just helps with future NCAA tournaments and maybe a team that's right on the cusp, do we let them in the tournament or not? Maybe it makes it a little easier for those teams to get in. Sure. Now, in an article you wrote recently about kind of how this all helped shake out in the Mountain West, you mentioned money. Yeah. That's obviously a big factor in anything, but specifically in this one, a team goes that far. Where does that money go that that San Diego State is yeah. bringing into the conference? So obviously the, the financial component to this, there's there's a, there's a couple angles to what the financial component is. For San Diego State specifically, um, you, we've probably heard stories through the years when a team wins a national championship in football or makes a deep run in the tournament, you know, their attendance goes up. and Or I'm sorry, not their attendance, their enrollment at the school and the, the, the brand exposure for the university itself. All that helps, that helps finances. But real specifically, the NCAA tournament was purchased, the media rights so that was purchased by Turner CBS Sports years ago. And I think the current deal right now is like 10 or I want to say $10 billion, regardless, it's multi-billions of dollars, which leads to, okay, the NCAA has all this money for the NCAA tournament. How do we disperse that money to our members, to our league members? And like I said, there's 363 Division I teams that the NCAA has to figure out how to, how to disperse this money to. They do it in a, con in a way called unit shares. Unit shares mean this. Every team, every game in the NCAA tournament has two teams, so there's two units. Every team appearing in the game gets one unit. So the Mountain West this year knew they were getting four units because they got four teams into the NCAA tournament. A unit share represents about this year, and, and the number fluctuates every year, but this year represents roughly $340,000. So every game that the Mountain West played in got about $340,000. But it's not paid out immediately, and it's not paid out to the school that appeared in that game. 
it is paid to the conference and it's split up over six years, the conference can decide what to do with that. Well, we then take the next step. San Diego State actually won some games. The Mountain West overall getting four teams in and having San Diego State win multiple games and get to the final four, they ended up having eight units. That eight units for the life of the six-year window that the NCAA would pay it will come out to about $16 million for the Mountain West Conference. You cut that up 11 ways. There's 11 full-time members in the Mountain West. Um, that's, that's good money for a school like New Mexico that now gets to count on its budget, which is about a $30 million athletics department budget. They get to count now for six more years on so many, you know, several hundred thousand dollars extra each year. And uh, there's schools that have a, a much lower athletic department budget than UNM does in the Mountain West. So this is real money. This really helps a school and a league like the Mountain West. Now, you look at a Pac-12, an SEC or an ACC conference, a Big Ten, they're getting 18, 19, 20, sometimes 30 units per year. They're on a different stratosphere in terms of the economics. When you talk about how needed this run was for the Mountain West by San Diego State to get to the Final Four, it wasn't just about perception. It wasn't just about this national perception that they couldn't win in the tournament. It was about dollars and cents. They got a whole lot of money because of it. So that money that comes to UNM, mm -hmm. how does how is that used? Is Will we see an impact on the court itself in recruiting or somewhere else? You should. Um, that money goes into basically a big pot of money that can be dispersed everywhere. It doesn't, just because it's basketball money, doesn't mean it necessarily goes straight to basketball. At UNM, it's one of the handful of schools left that have FBS level football and makes more money in ticket revenue from their basketball team. Almost across the country, if you have an FBS level school, your football team's making more money. Uh, that's not the case here. UNM basketball still makes most of its money, makes about three and a half, probably north of that now, but after this past season, but about three and a half million dollars a year in ticket revenue. The football team gets about a million in ticket revenue. So, so it's not really, frankly, even all that close in terms of how many um, fans in the stands are actually showing up and buying a ticket. So a lot of the basketball money goes into a pot for the whole athletic department. I know the basketball coaches and basketball fans would certainly like to see if it's basketball money, go right back into basketball and invest in more recruiting, pay you know coaches and assistants more, whatever you can do to, to reinvest in basketball. It doesn't necessarily happen that way all the time, though. Okay. Now, in terms of exposure, yeah. San Diego State going on so far, will that affect how this NCAA Tournament Selection Committee considers Mountain West teams moving forward? I, I think so. I okay. think the answer is yes. Now, technically, um, they go year by year. They, they just look at the numbers. They have a, a model of, of many different computer systems that, that rank teams. They have the human element, the eye test, uh, what a team looks like and how they're performing. Um, all these computer models that are supposed to take all of that out of the equation. But the reality is at the end of the day, there's a committee of, of conference commissioners, some athletic directors that sit in a room uh, every year and decide you know, it's a 68 team tournament now, and there's 32 conferences. All 32 conferences get one automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. All the other ones are selected by the selection committee. So when they select which teams get the at-large berth into the NCAA tournament, there's a human element. And I don't think you can tell me that after, again, what was going into this year's NCAA tournament was an 11 game Mountain West losing streak. They hadn't won a game since 2018 in the tournament. I don't think that human element in that selection committee could ignore the fact that there started to be this building perception that the Mountain West, you put them in the tournament, but they're, are they really succeeding? Are they doing well? Not really. So I think it was really important that San Diego State did what they did this year, because I think in the future that human element's probably 
not when they're deciding which teams the close teams if there's a team in the Big Ten and there's a team in the Mountain West that they're deciding between right now I would have told you before this year that that Mountain West team somewhere in the back of their mind they might say oh, they never win in the tournament let's go with this other team now I think that that gets eliminated a little bit so yeah it helps so they've had this success they go all the way to the uh, the, the national championship game yeah. first time ever for the Mountain West but now there's speculation that they could leave the conference yeah do you think that's a realistic possibility? Well, it is realistic, um, but the conference uh, realignment landscape in college athletics right now is really unique. Um, I, I think the absurdity of it all is highlighted by the fact that USC and UCLA are about to leave the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten Conference, and they will be traveling their entire conference, or their entire athletic department, not just their football teams, but because the football money in the Big Ten is, is so valuable, these two Los Angeles-based schools are joining a Midwest-based conference because they're going to get so much more money from the TV rights to that conference. But by doing so, you know, their soccer team, their track team, their tennis team now has to fly across the country, sometimes to play a Rutgers team that's in the Big Ten. UCLA tennis is going to have to play a midweek game against Rutgers tennis and fly across the country to do so, all because the football money is that valuable to the school. And that's where we're at right now. So. In terms of San Diego State leaving the Mountain West Conference possibly, yeah, I think there's, they have to consider going to the Pac-12, but it's a Pac-12 without those two Los Angeles-based schools anymore. So is the Pac-12 what it once was? The next domino to fall is, is the Big 12 going to invite schools like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Those are four schools that are rumored to be kind of in play for the Big 12. If the Big 12 invites those schools, I don't think San Diego State sees much value in joining the PAC, what remains then of the PAC-12 at that point, because their TV deal is not going to be that valuable. So, yes, it's very realistic right now that San Diego State will be leaving the Mountain West to join the PAC-12, but the, the next domino that falls before that happens is the PAC-12 has to see if they're going to keep their core, and um, right now I don't know if that's going to happen. What would that do to the Mountain West if they did leave? Probably, if only San Diego State leaves, it, it would hurt, um, but not probably enough to, to hit the panic button. Um, I don't think they just have to start adding schools for stability purposes. I don't think that um, they would fold by any stretch of the imagination. The money in, in conference, in, in media rights deals right now is all football-based. And while the market of Southern California is huge and, and there is value to San Diego State being there, their football team hasn't exactly been dominant. Um, I do think that while their basketball team has been really good, it's the class of the Mountain West, um, I, I don't know that losing San Diego State in and of itself is really going to be the, the hit the panic button that some people think for the Mountain West. I don't know that they have to then add a team at all. They would drop to 10, 10 full-time members. In basketball, that would allow for a true round-robin schedule. They have right now an 18-game schedule where they have to play one team a year only on the road and one team a year only at home because with 11 teams, it's an unbalanced schedule. So it would actually fix some scheduling things. And then in football, they have one football-only member, and that's Hawaii. And if you drop to 11 schools in football, they don't have divisions anymore starting this year in the Mountain West. So it really wouldn't hurt. I do think there's some schools they're going to look at, though. I do think that the expansion model is such that they have to always be looking at schools to add. And maybe they go east, not west. Maybe they look into the Texas market. Maybe they look at an SMU in the Dallas market and stuff like that. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about, before this interview, about the name, image, and likeness yeah. uh, changes and how that was thought to maybe impact the tournament. But then we see 
yeah. three teams from relatively unknown conferences making it to the Final Four. How did you think that that impacted? Yeah, there were three first-time members of the Final Four, three first-time teams in the Final Four. Um, Miami, who pays a ton of money in name, image, likeness to get players. Um, they were the, in the Final Four for the first time. And then you look at a San Diego State and you look at a Conference USA member like Florida Atlantic, two really good stories to get to the Final Four. Well, if you're telling me the Mountain West and Conference USA are, are both getting to the Final Four for the first time ever, I, I think the panic button and, and everything that everyone was hitting two years ago when NIL was allowed uh, across the country, and everyone said the rich conferences and the power conferences are only going to get richer, that the haves and the have-nots are going to separate even more. So far in college basketball, it's shown the exact opposite. Um, the power conferences, the, the SEC didn't get a team past the Sweet 16 this year. Um, the power conferences aren't dominating like they, they were. Now, there could be two reasons for that. NIL could actually be evening the, the playing field more than fans think because you only think of the superstars, the, the million dollars that they might pay a, a center at Kentucky, which happened this past year, to, to make Kentucky really good. You might think of those, but you're also getting some pretty solid players to, to fill out a roster. Here at UNM, they had two starters last year that were transfers that got money from NIL, Josiah Alec and Morrissey Daisy. Morrissey Daisy ended up being a top 10 scorer in the league, led the Mountain West in rebounding. Well, he got NIL money to come to UNM and made UNM instantly better the day he got to campus. So it doesn't just help the power conferences, it helps mid-major conferences. And, what some people call the Mountain West a mid-major plus conference. It's not a power conference, but they don't like being called a mid-major either. They're kind of in between. And, and I'll add this to the NIL um, conversation. New Mexico right now, outside of those power conferences, I've talked to coaches from other schools, not just here in New Mexico. New Mexico's NIL situation right now, the collective they have, is one of the best in the country outside of the power conferences. So maybe it gives a school like a New Mexico a chance to compete even more than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, because they can collectively um, gather enough money to, to pay some players a lot more money than people realize. Now, the Lobos almost made it farther than they did, that buzzer-beating yeah. win in uh, for San Diego State. In yeah, February. they were actually pretty close to an NCAA tournament team themselves. Yeah. It, it, do you think if they would have pulled through in that San Diego State game that they could have made the tournament? Yeah, probably. I, I do. Uh, New so San Diego State's computer metrics and, and, and all the numbers behind them were so strong and so valuable that one of the best wins in the entire conference, well, frankly, the two best wins in the entire conference, UNM had them. They, they won on the road at St. Mary's, which the computers say were, was a really good West Coast Conference team. That was back in November. But then they won on the road against San Diego State in January. That was actually, on paper, one of the best computer um, wins of the entire season. The Lobos had two of those best wins of the entire conference. Had they beat San Diego State again in the pit, and they were up until the ball's in the air with you know, time expiring, uh, had they beat San Diego State again, been the only team to sweep San Diego State in the conference this year, yeah, I think that might have been enough to, to put them certainly on the bubble, on the cusp of getting in the tournament. But the, the Lobos certainly collapsed if you just look at wins and losses down the stretch and making no excuses for them. Um, they had way too many losses down the stretch. But they also had a buzzer beater loss to Nevada. Had they won that game, we've gotten an NCAA tournament. Had they won that game, maybe we're having a different conversation about their postseason. Had they won a buzzer beater loss to San Diego State, might be a different conversation. They also had one at Nevada, double overtime loss with the controversial call. They had three losses down the stretch of the season. 
that had they just got one, probably two of those, they're in the NCAA tournament themselves. Now, really close this year. What do you think about the next couple of years? Is there a chance? Yeah, there is. And for the reasons we spoke about just a, a moment ago, the NIL is, is really going to help the Lobos get um, some good transfers. In fact, I think this week, uh, as we record this, I think this week Lobo fans are probably going to start hearing some names committing to UNM in the transfer market. What the Lobos have been doing pretty good with, though, even though the transfer world in college athletics is unlike it's ever been before. You're allowed to transfer and play immediately. You used to have to sit out of here. Well, now that you can transfer and play immediately, a player can do that. Um, a lot of players are moving a lot more than they used to. If they don't like their minutes, if they don't like their situation, a coach might run them off. Fans don't think about that a whole lot, but sometimes when a player leaves a school, it's because the coach kind of said, look, I don't see your role as being very good next year. Well, as much transferring is going, is, is going on now, and the Lobos are hitting that transfer market really, really hard, to get somebody who's already played at the college level. They've also done two really good years of getting incoming freshmen, so maybe they can build two or three years down the road. What they got last year included Donovan Dent, a, a freshman point guard who played this past year. is going to be really good down the stretch um, if they can keep him, if, if some, some bigger schools don't come lure him out with, with NIL money. They have two guys coming in next year. One ended up being one of the best players in the state of Texas, Jaden Toppin. He's a six foot nine power forward. And then they got a four-star guard coming from Arizona. His name is True Washington. Um, th they got some really good freshmen coming in, and they're going to add some instant starters in the transfer market that have started at some other schools um, across the country. And, and I think, yeah, the Lobos next year probably will be a preseason top three team in the Mountain West. Awesome. Looking forward to it. That yeah, should be fun to cover. Jeff Grammer, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks. Congratulations to Jeff once again on winning the 2023 Jim O'Connell Award from the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. It's an incredible honor, and he definitely deserves it. It's always interesting talking to someone who's been devoted to a topic for years, and for Jeff, that's Lobo Basketball. If you want to read anything that he's written, and I recommend that you do, check out the description of this episode of the podcast. Thanks again for listening to this interview. We'll be back Monday.